Making those final arrangements after the death of a loved one is never easy, hampered even more by the trauma and cloud of grief. Randy with Stokes, Proc and Munt and the Cremation Society tells us funeral directors are experienced and their goal is to facilitate your healing. Because when there's a death, it's traumatic to most people. So we're dealing with their acute grief. One of our roles is to comfort them and, you know, and give them order where there's disorder because they don't know what to do. They're in shock, they're numb, and they need somebody to lead them down the right path. And for the most part, that's what funeral directors do or try to do. Sometimes people know what they want, but they don't always know what they need. And that's us to give them options. Randy and the folks at Stokes, Proc, and Munt, along with the Cremation Society, are available to answer any of your questions, including pre-planning your arrangements. Check them out online and on social media. Well, hello everyone. Talk of the Town is up and running in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, USA. I'm Scott Montesano, and this is where the Chippewa Valley comes to talk. Another fun edition of the program is ahead of us. Don't forget to check out all of our other great shows at echometownradio.com. All new Banker with a Beer is up, featuring Dave Miner, President and CEO of the Eau Claire Chamber of Commerce. So check that out, Banker with a Beer, presented by Northwestern Bank. And we've got other great shows, too, with Banker with a Beer, other great installments. Uh, one recently with Dr. Heidi Eliopoulos, the superintendent of schools, with Al Tuna. And if you go back a couple other episodes, uh, Jason John Anderson, who heads up the Pablo Center. Uh, that's still an episode that's out there. Uh, you want to check that one out. And lots of other great shows that we have. Uh, if you have a very conservative lean to your thinkings, uh, I highly recommend the Markon Unleashed podcast with Dan Markon. Uh, if you have more of a doggy lean... <laughs> <laughs> Dose of Dog with Heather and many, many other shows. So check them all out right now, echometownradio.com. But this, this is the show of record for the Chippewa Valley and uh, lots for us to get to today. <clears throat> We're going to talk about uh, local baseball team getting a decrease in their rent, uh, a local businesswoman throwing her name in the ring for a, well, what will be a major political race viewed nationally. We'll talk about that. And girls playing football. Give you my thoughts on that at the end of today. Local girls playing football. You're going to want to hear that. But we start off with this. Uh, by the way, yes, uh, still no word from Lisa Gizzi's office on uh, taking, up, uh, taking us up on the offer as to having her come on any one of our programs, any one, just like Angela Weideman did with Chippewa County. She went on banker with a beer, <clears throat> had a beer, and talked to us. Still waiting on Lisa Gizzi. So uh, Audrey, Audrey's uh, her, uh, her underling who does communication. Some, somebody reach out to Audrey because... I think they're blocking my stuff at this point. Uh, <clears throat> somebody reach out to Audrey. Say, hey, 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 son, 
I mean, well, we'll, we'll put her on Dose of Dog with Heather. Uh, I don't know if Liska's got dogs, but she can talk about dogs and try to explain uh, herself at the same time. Uh, but we start off actually with this. Uh, dirty, dirty water in Eau Claire. <laughs> now, that, that, that's being a little bit uh, over-exaggeration, but you've got this PFAS contamination issue that came up over the summer and is often the case, was buried in the course of it being the summer. <clears throat> well, now we're a few months later, and the issue has not taken care of itself. It's one of those things where us as the public, you hear the story, and you kind of go, all right, it'll just, it'll just take care of itself. You close your eyes, you forget about it, and then you, you know it's not accurate, but no news is good news sort of thing. Well, the, the issues come back up. Now, only one site has been identified as a possible source thus far of this PFAS contamination, which is now shut down just under half of the wells in the city. Uh, the airport, the regional airport, has been cited as a possible source. The airport received an official letter. Apparently, the extingu... The extingu yeah. The extinguishing foam, there we go. The extinguishing foam they use could be a culprit, could be. Now, if the airport is found to be a source of the contamination, they'd be on the hook for at least part of the cleanup. City officials, by the way, stress we have plenty of clean water, so it's not as though we're all going to have to drink the chemicals. It's not as though we all have to go running for bottled water. It's not as though we all have to go get Gus in his pickup truck and drive on down to the Mississippi and see if we can try to siphon water out of the Mississippi and bring it back here. No, that's not the, none of that is the case, but it's still not ideal. It's one of those things that you don't, you don't want to hear, that there's contamination in various city wells. We'll keep an eye on it. Uh, better, better yet, actually, the AP and the Wisconsin Public Radio will keep an eye on it, and they'll let the rest of us know where we stand on that. Uh, do not poo-poo when they find possible sources of the contamination. And again, the airport could be a reason. And then you want to look into how did this happen? Was it somebody being careless was it poor planning is it a situation that nobody intended to do anything wrong but various drainages have shifted over time and we have to improve that right now nobody right now there is no pound of flesh and even if the airport is found to be at least one culprit does not mean that they that the airport should uh, be faced with massive penalties, though they will be on the hook for cleanup. But you still want to find out why this happened, how this happened, and was it somebody knew there was a chance something bad would happen and rolled the dice and something bad happened. Moving on, the Oak Crest City Council got together this week. Amongst things they decided, and this is an issue that I know, has infuriated a few people. And it, it is, it's infuriated a few people 
not because of the actual story, but because it's an opportunity to be upset about other things that they're upset about with the city council. I will explain. The city has decided to decrease the rent for the Eau Claire Express Northwoods League baseball team for last season, the 2021 season. The team did not play at all in 2020, and the last year, last summer, there were a few factors into significantly decreased attendance. One was attendance for live events across the country actually by and large, we're a little lower this summer than I think a lot of people had thought. There is this built-up interest in getting back out, but you have to remember that by the time we got to the end of June, early July, you just as people maybe were starting to get comfortable, you were already starting to hear words like Delta variant, and there was almost still a guilt factor to going out and hanging out. Remember, we talked about it on this program. There was kind of this this feeling of guilt. And I think people, by and large, went out, but you didn't have this mass run to a lot of events. Well, the Express were one of them. Between not playing at all two years ago, between this year, them having some capacity limits set forth by Lisa Gagizi's cronies, and with there being just an overall, you know, people taking things slow, the Express did not do very well financially this year. And you have to remember, they could not play at all the previous year because they were locked out of the ballpark. The city would not let them use Carson Park. Now, I'd heard the city tried to initially charge the Express full value for the 2020 season. Again, they could not play at all that year, and the city tried to send them a bill for the season. Remember, the city locked them out of the ballpark. However, it it appears that is likely not to be true. I got that from some pretty reliable sources, but I don't that doesn't appear to be true that the city tried to charge the express the full value in 2020. The current issue though is the city council voted on Tuesday to decrease the 2021 payment, so the payment from this last summer from $44,000 by nearly 60%. And they based that off of the lower ticket sales and the overall hardship. You have to remember this too. A lot of the signage you saw in the outfield this year was paid for before the pandemic. And it's sort of a make good this last year. A lot of the tickets that were bought for, say, group outings on the fan deck, those were bought before the pandemic. So a lot of the tickets for this year were simply rollovers from 2020. So the city, give the city council credit, looking at a business in this area and going, rightfully so, they deserve a break on a hardship. You have to look at the city like this. The city is the landlord and the express the business, no different than any of these private developments you see around the area where there's you know, uh, the shell of a building and then a building goes in. Bob's Widget Shop, Mary's Grilled Cheese Sandwiches, all that. They're usually not the owner of the building, but they are the tenant. The Express 
are the tenant of Carson Park and the city, the landlord of that baseball stadium. And the city cutting the Express a break this year is no different than that of any other well-meaning landlord cutting their renters slack over the last year. A story we've heard regularly. Not all the time, but there are a number of renters, there are a number of property managers who did give some leeway to their tenants in commercial real estate. So don't come whining to me saying, oh, the city's giving the express a break, but why aren't they giving XYZ small business a tax break or something? That isn't the issue here. We're not talking taxes. We're not talking skipping through red tape or anything like that. The city is the landlord. Their tenant faced legitimate, justifiable hardships. And the city going, all right, let's, let's cut them some slack for this year. But you got a lot of people that use this as an opportunity to be upset. Oh, the city doesn't know what they're doing, blah, blah, blah. And these are the people that no matter what the city decides are going to complain about the city and the decisions made by the city. So the city cutting the Oakware Express a bit of a break. Moving on, staying in politics. Becca Cook. And if the name doesn't ring a bell, I don't blame you, but there's a, cert, there's a circle of people in this area that the name means an awful lot to. And if the name doesn't mean anything to you, be prepared to hear a lot of it in the next several months. Becca Cook has thrown her hat into the ring for the third congressional district race. This is the rate this is the seat being vacated by Ron Kind, a Democrat. This is the race. This is the seat that was if not for the presidential election last year which took up everyone's time and thoughts would very much have been probably what was going to be top of mind for you. This is the one where it's, it was Ron Kind against the real deal American seal Derek Von Orden. Oh, I love, I, I, we'll talk about it in a moment. I'm not, don't necessarily know about the politics, but I love the slogan, the real deal American seal, Derek Van Orden. Well, Becca Cook has thrown her head into the ring. She'll be in a Democratic primary against two lacrosse area candidates. One somewhat a political veteran, the other two, including Becca, this is the first time they've run for office. Uh, Beck has had some experience behind the scenes in some candidate with some candidates. Though all again, the 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 Democratic primary, Becca and these two across area candidates, they'll be bidding for a shot at the real deal American seal, Derek Van Orden. She is the lone Chippewa Valley resident in the race. The real deal American seal is not from around here. And obviously the two lacrosse area candidates are not from here. She's the lone Chippewa Valley resident in the race at the moment. And while I'm not sold on her right now, doesn't mean I can't be sold on her. 
By the way, this does not mean I'm leaning towards any of the three other candidates, the two other Democrats, or the real deal American seal. Just because I'm not sold on her doesn't mean I'm leaning any way right now. It, the, the, the race is just, is what, 13 months away. And this is what happens when you're somebody that is predominantly down the middle. You don't already have somebody you're pulling for. Some of you already know who you want to vote for, and that probably goes in line with preconceived notions. But that's a whole other thing. And it kind of brings me to this. The fact she is local, the fact that Becca Cook is local and she owns a, a business in town, one of those independent, it's an independent, I think it's a, I think it's a, is it a clothing store? It, it's kind of down, it's, it's downtown, it's behind the Oxbow, it's kind of buried in there, but it, it's a downtown business. The fact she is local should give reds and blues a reason to vote for her. Don't underestimate that. Don't oversell it, but I'm going to tell you right now, the fact she is local, do not discount that at all. Do not. Don't underestimate that. She is local. And if you have a choice, who do you want going to Washington for you? Somebody that's from right here in Eau Claire? Or somebody that is from the same congressional district, but isn't from Eau Claire. Or Menominee, for that matter. Or Mondovi. That does make a little bit of a difference. It does. As for Van Orden, by the way, again, I love the slogan. Not so his extreme right views, definitely elements I like, but that the, the, the radicalism at times he displayed, particularly post-presidential election, it kind of makes me a little uncomfortable. Again, that doesn't mean he can't sway me back towards the middle and ease my concerns there. We'll see. But that's a race 13 months away. Get ready to hear a lot of it. And you know who's excited the most for that? You know who's excited the most for that congressional race? The TV stations. The, 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 the people at QOW and EAU. Oh my goodness gracious. They, they need a napkin to wipe away the, the, the drool. Because for all the talk we have of online ads and stuff like that, you're still going to get an awful lot of TV ads. Maybe you'll get some radio ads too. Maybe you'll get some radio ads. Midwest and iHeart are going to be frothing at the mouth, but the lot of money in that race, because a lot of money is going to come from outside the state to that race, is going to go to EAU and WQOW and the lacrosse station as well. Take a photo. There's a, there's a, there's a joke in the media industry, and it's not entirely inaccurate. NBC stations in particular... Look at an NBC station parking lot, a local TV parking lot at an NBC station a few months before the Olympics and a few months before a major election and take a look after. The quality of the car in the parking lot does go up. And I remember talking to somebody in the industry 
about maybe seven, eight years ago, worked at an NBC affiliate in Des Moines, Iowa, and flat out said, it's true. It's it's true. Everyone's everyone's revenue goes way, way up during that time. So the TV stations are giddy for it. Speaking of the media, saw this story, and it's one I wanted to quickly bring up here. Uh, the Leader-Telegram had a follow-up story on the Cornell firefighter Justin Fredrickson. Uh, he's the young man, well, 36 years old. He, well, he's young to me, but he took a bullet wound. Remember this story in February? Took a bullet wound while fighting a fire. Now, nobody shot at him, but heat from the fire in this home caused bullets to be discharged from a gun. And when you think about it, it's, it's kind of, we're lucky that we don't hear this story more often when there's a, a home fire. The bullet penetrated his stomach, barely missed his spine, nearly died. Nearly died on the scene, nearly died at the hospital, nearly died a few days later as his body was going septic. This was very serious. Good news is he's event- he eventually recovered. They actually went in and retrieved the bullet in May. And this is the part I kind of like. He kept the bullet. He's kept the bullet as a souvenir. Imagine that on the mantle as a conversation piece. Well, here's a picture of the family. Maybe he's a hunter. You know, here, here's, here's, some, here's a, 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 a Buckeye shot. Oh, and here's the bullet that was in my stomach. And then he keeps moving on to like, oh, and here's a little... Uh, Russian egg doll, and oh, 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 you want to hear more about the bullet, huh? <laughs> uh, brings me to the last thing I want to talk about today. And uh, being you know, as much involved in sports in this area as I am, I will plead ignorance on this one. That because I had never, I, I don't follow high school sports in this area very deeply. I enjoy them, I, but I have a casual interest in high school sports in the area. I'm not nearly as involved as I am with, say, the Blue Golds or the hockey team up in Chippewa. I'll, do, I'll call the occasional high school game, and I have an idea of what's going on. But I didn't even know we had this in the area, and it's good to see because it is a trend nationwide in the last 15 years, and it's not as big of a story as it once was, but it's going to remain a story because it is still not quite the norm yet. And that is girls participating in football at the high school level. Story in the Lear Telegram, they got a couple of young ladies playing at Fall Creek. There's a girl that's on the Regis team. There's a young lady that's at Rice Lake. I'm all for it. I want to see more of it. Young ladies playing football. Get to the point where you can have more girl-centric teams at youth levels. There's a lot of women who love the game of football. And there's nothing wrong with girls playing football. Skill positions like wide receiver, quarterback. I think the girl that's on the Regis team actually plays on the line. Strength is strength. And we all know there's some there, there's just some nature that takes over there. Boys tend to grow bigger. Just ends up happening that way in the bodies and all that. But it does not mean 
especially at the high school level, that you can't have a girl that is a better player than a boy. There is absolutely not, especially at the high school level. There are a number of young ladies that are much stronger than young boys. And that's not a knock on the boy. But there are some young ladies that are very strong. There, there's some ver- young ladies that are very fast. There's some, yeah, there's some young ladies that can throw the ball very, very well. So I'm all for it. And it'd be great to see there be more inclusion. And by, here's the other thing, too. This doesn't mean this is now a knock on the girls that want to be cheerleaders or those that want to be dancers. Have you ever gone and seen some of these cheerleading and dancing performances at halftimes? I played high school sports. They're a lot more athletic than I ever was, the dancers and the cheerleaders. I just like the idea of there being more activities for kids to do and getting more kids involved in activities. And that's, a, that's another debate for another day, the fact you see this area is as problematic with it as any other area I've ever lived in. And that is, there's a lot of parents that don't want to get their kids involved in activities because parents don't want to have to worry about taking the kids around. You know, that includes people of means and not of means. But again, getting back to what I was saying, if a girl wants to play football, good for her. Again, I want to see, I want to see more girls when they're younger. They're, they're able to play. You're able to have more girls at the flag football level. Are you going to ever get to the point where there's a boys football team and a girls football team? Not in my lifetime. It's going to be hard to see that coming along anytime soon. But it'd be great if you had more young ladies get involved. Now, that being said, we haven't had that debate in this area yet. I'm waiting for that debate to happen. I'm not for girls. This is maybe, oh boy, everybody get the recorders ready. I'm not for girls on boys' teams where there is a female equivalent. So, with football, there is no girls' football. But I'm not for girls on boys' teams where there is a female equivalent, i.e., hockey, basketball. Because you're taking a spot from a boy. And I'll hear people say, well, if the boy was good enough, he wouldn't have the girl taking the spot. Well, there's a lot of misogyny even in that statement right there. But I don't like it. And the way I look at it is when you see that. And you don't see it as much as you did even 15 years ago. And I like it. Is that there was this ill-conceived notion of whether you... you meant it to be this way or not, when a girl would go from, say, the girls' basketball program to the boys' team, you're making it, you're, 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 you're flat out saying, well, the girl, girls', girls game isn't as good as the guys' game. And you're treating the guys' game as the big leagues. Where that is not the case. Not the case at all. Especially at the high school level. Especially at the high school level. The boys' level is not necessarily the quote-unquote big leagues. Girls play girls' basketball. The boys play the boys' basketball. Because, again, if the girl goes and plays for the boys' team, there's a guy that's not going to get a chance to play. 
and there's no you know there's no other spot for him to go for that so that's why I get a little dicey on that all for girls playing football I and I'll tell you right now there I'm open to there's exceptions on this too softball for instance softball is not baseball very similar in some ways maybe even better but softball is not baseball so if a young girl in town says I want to play baseball and wants to try out for the Regis team or the North team or the Memorial team, I would be more apt to being okay with that because baseball is not softball and vice versa. Though I would argue that if a boy wanted to play fast pitch softball, you know, five years down the road after this, I would probably say you got to kind of allow them to do that. So it's not a smooth argument by any stretch of the imagination. But I'm okay if if a girl says I want to play baseball and she wants to try out for baseball. I'm kind of okay with that because the sports are different. So there's my most controversial thing hopefully I've said all week. Boil it down to this, everybody. I want kids playing sports. I want kids involved in, in activities. That's the big thing. We got to get kids involved in activities. A lot of kids are not involved in activities. They're not. And it's there's, there's a deep-seated sociolo- sociological issue that's in there. And it's not just kids in quote-unquote broken homes that aren't involved in a lot of activities. That's a lazy excuse. We got to get kids, you know, having kids involved in activities is very big. And it teaches kids a number of things, whether it's sports, whether it's in a various form of scouts, whether it's dance, whether it's gymnastics, whether it's figure skating, whether it's uh, the, the children's theater. Get kids involved and bring it back to what we said here. If it's, if it's you know, girls and they say, you know what, I want to play football. I like football. You know, maybe previous generations, those young ladies would have thought, all right, if I I really want, I really like football, I'm going to gravitate towards something else. And I'm not just saying cheerleading. No, I'm saying anything else. Maybe they'd play another sport or something like that. No, nowadays, you want to play football, let's get you some pads. Let's get you some pads. The one thing from the article... I will take some umbrage with, and I, and I, and I don't want to throw a, a teenager giving a quote under the bus, but there's this, but the, the they kind of resented this idea of the young ladies were all talking, saying they resent the idea of we have to prove it, we have to prove it, and I would, and I know what they what they mean by it. I know what they mean by it that um, they're girls, and there's a lot of boys that are saying, hey, you got to prove yourself. To me, I understand that, and that's not necessarily right. But every freshman has to prove themselves. Every freshman has to prove themselves for that. So go out and prove yourself. 
I think we proved ourselves this week. We're back with another installment of this program on Tuesday, Tuesday of next week. On behalf of everyone who made this podcast possible, I'm Scott Montesano saying there's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. Make sure to take advantage of it. And until next time, so long, everybody.